Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. We'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we are thankful for your presence today. We know that where more than two are gathered, you are indeed present. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing for us, all that you continue to do for us. Lord, may we continue to grow in our relationship with you as we learn more about who you are and where we are in this focus that we have right now called life. Lord, teach us, encourage us as we go. Help us with our decision-making. The small decisions, the large decisions. Thank you, Lord, for being a part of all of those things. We can't thank you enough for what you have done for us. And we do thank you for loving us, guiding us, and even correcting us when we need it. Bless us and keep us, Lord, now and in the present and in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Every now and then, my lovely bride and I have conversations about what it is to live, to leave a legacy. Leave a legacy. Now, for the sake of this discussion, leaving a meaningful legacy is very important. When you discover the purpose of your life and your very existence, your legacy should be all about family and lasting impacts far beyond your lifetime. A legacy is to make a lasting impact from how you live your life. During one of my conversations with my wife, the subject of one-hit wonders has come up. A one-hit wonder, for those of you who don't know, is a song by a recording artist or a group where it is regarded as a huge, memorable hit. While other recordings that they might have done were decent, but not as notable or memorable. That one song, that one-hit wonder, would establish a legacy for that artist. Suffice it to say that if your greatest hit song as a crooner is What You Won't Do For Love by Bobby Caldwell, then you did all right for yourself. Amen? In my opinion, and this is strictly my opinion, so those of you who like Billy Paul, I, I have to excuse you myself on that, but the song Me and Mrs. Jones by Billy Paul is not the legacy that I would want for my career. Well, that was his big, biggest song. Both of these artists had a decent category of music, but what defines you is what people will regard as your legacy. Now, I wrote this before it happened, but Bobby Caldwell just passed away this past week. And I'm saying to myself, that's the legacy that he has. When you consider character actors, for example, there are faithful moments where their legacy is formed and established as that one memorable generational character in television history. Now, one such actor that came to mind is Whitman Mayo. And Whitman Mayo, if you don't know who Whitman Mayo is, uh, many of you might remember the character Grady from Sanford and Son. Mr. Mayo had actively pursued an acting career early on, 
But hey, he started out just like the rest of us. He was um, like most of us. He was born in Harlem in 1930, raised in Queens in New York, and at age 17 moved to Southern California with his family. He served in the Army from 1951 to 1953. He studied at Chaffee College, Los Angeles City College, and UCLA. He began doing a little acting at that time, but had to earn a living with various jobs, including working as a probation officer, counseling young people, picking grapes, waiting tables, and other odd jobs. You do what you have to do. Amen? He went back to New York in the late 60s and joined the New Lafayette Theater Repertory Company to begin settling into an acting career. His call to Sanford and Son came shortly thereafter when a friend from the New Lafayette group who was a writer for Norman Lear recommended Mayo for a part in a single episode. Grady caught on and he lasted through the entire duration of the show even filling in for Red Fox as the lead actor when Fox was on leave during the series. Mayo viewed his continuing success on the series as fleeting, so he took on other traits to keep his finances in order. In 1975, he opened a travel agency in Inglewood, California. In 1994, he was burned out from Hollywood and Los Angeles, so he moved to Fayetteville, Georgia. He became a drama instructor at Clark Atlanta University until his death in 2001. Mr. Mayo relished the role of Grady as it was in line with his style of portraying characters much older than he was. To quote him, he said, I've always played older parts. When I was 19, I played 60. When I was a kid, I got pleasure out of studying old people. I took joy in their idiosyncrasies. Older folk are like children. <laughs> they can do and say what they want and get away with it. Amen. <laughs> That's true to a degree, isn't it? Of course, Mr. Mayo's lasting legacy is his character of Grady. He was, in my opinion, the quintessential character actor. Not a bad way to go if your desire is to be an actor. There are, of course, thousands of character actors throughout television history. And in movies that had great, fulfilling careers in the business. Not everybody's going to be a lead actor, everybody. You sometimes have to come to that conclusion as you do something. You don't have to be the biggest or the best to establish a legacy. But just being good is going to serve you well. Just being good will serve you well. Now, character actors are great for drama or acting. They're not so great when it comes to real-life situations. My question for you today is this. In your life approach, are you a character actor? In your life approach, are you a character actor? Do you live publicly portraying someone who really isn't at all like who you really are? Is your public persona different from your private behavior? 
in the body of Christ, we really need people who are genuine and sincere about who they are. Genuine and sincere. We need to see more of that within the body of Christ. We need people with self-respect. We need people with humility. We need people with authenticity. People who are genuine about their character. Now this is a different use of the word character than the one we had about Mr. Mayo being a character actor. Your character, your personal character, involves your mental and moral qualities. It's the way you think, feel, and behave. It can either come from our living in our flesh or directly from the renewing power of the Holy Spirit. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Romans chapter 12. Let's take a look at verses 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. A great way to start us out here. And it's verses like this that we need to keep going over and over and over again. Plain and simple because we live in a fleshly world. And we need reminders of how we are to live our lives in the body of Christ. So that message is for those who know the Lord. Now what do you do with that information? Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. Starting at verse 1. This is in the New Living Translation. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind He will find acceptable. Not what you think is acceptable, but the kind that Jesus says is acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Amen. Paul, in his letter, is urging us as believers in Jesus to not be copycats or actors in looking at the lives of others. And that includes those who are even within the church. A lot of this is directed to people in the church. There's a certain persona a person has to carry to make everybody think everything is great. Everything's cool. Everything's wonderful. When it really ain't. Are we character actors when we step out of our homes and into the midst of others in the church? And not just in the church, but anywhere that you face members of the public. Are we acting in character publicly for attention? Are we doing it for accolades? Are we doing it for approval by men and women? Is there any consideration about being approved by God? 
are we actually hypocrites? Hupocrites. Hupocrites. H-U-P-O-K-R-I-T-E-S is the Greek word for actor or stage player. Look where that word hypocrite comes from. Actors play roles. It stands to reason that those who live publicly as role players project a false view of who they really are. They're hypocrites in the worst sense of the meaning of the word. Now, let me just share something very quickly here. We are guarded, I know, to make sure that we don't tell everybody our business. Amen? And that's probably a good thing. But I'm just going to lay it out for you. Some of us are just out and out fake. And that's not good. Turn to Matthew 15, verses 7 and 8. Some of y'all may not like this message today. I'm starting to wonder. That's okay. I am not up here for a popularity contest. Amen? And you know what? No preacher should be. Because sometimes you say things that are hard and people may not want to hear it. Well, that might be one of these messages today. So, oh well. That's the way it goes. But it's all about telling the truth. Matthew 15 verses 7 and 8. This, Jesus is speaking here. This is a New Living Translation. You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. Who are we talking about? The Pharisees and the religious leaders. They were fake people. For he wrote, verse 8, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Amen. They honor me with their lips, But their hearts are far from me. So who are we talking about? Talking about people who know the word, know what the word is, know who God is, know what it means to properly worship him, but their hearts are not in it. That's what we're talking about. Flip back to Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Matthew 6, verse 1. And thanks for hanging with me today. Amen. Matthew 6, verse 1. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Amen. It's a very straightforward comment. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. The reward from Jesus in heaven is what? The prize for pursuing a relationship with him. Those who live for themselves will not receive anything more than what they have. You got what you got. 
And that's what you're going to keep. But you won't get anything else. Flip over to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 3. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 3. First Corinthians 13, verse 3. This is the New Living Translation. Follow along in your version. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. See, this is the danger we have to recognize here. Just because you do something nice for someone, just because you give money to charity, if you don't have the heart that Jesus wants you to have, if you don't adopt that way of thinking, your contribution is meaningless in the eyes of Jesus. He wants believers who are not just people who say it, but do it and live it right here. In the heart. Live it right here. There are a number of warnings that come from this behavior to watch out for. The proverbial smiling in your face and people stabbing you in the back. Ay caramba. You got to watch out for stuff like that. The world relies upon what it deems to be correct. But most often the world's approach is far from what God prescribes for you. Do you do everything according to what the world dictates because you think it's good for you? There's all kinds of folks out there that have all kinds of great advice. And some advice is just not worth listening to or not worth taking. But the best advice that we can follow is what's in Scripture. What God's Word has to say to us. How God responds to us in prayer. That's how we need to be responding to the world. Look at what Paul says about why we are to live differently than the way we, the world would have us to live. It's all about coming clean and being honest before God. Coming clean. Go to Romans 12. Let's go back to Romans 12. We read verses 1 and 2. Now let's go to verse 3. We're going to look at Romans 12, verses 3 through 5. Here's the thing. I can't tell you how to live, but you can tell yourself whether or not you're coming clean and being honest before God. Amen? Why are you so quiet today? Romans 12, verses 3. And look what it says about a warning. This is a warning that Paul is giving. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Ready? Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Verse 4, just as our bodies have many parts, 
and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Amen. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. God reveals things to us over time through the Spirit. He helps us to know when we are being less than humble. He helps us to know when we are being less than honest. Now, we got to choose to listen. The Spirit is there to give us good information. We sometimes don't listen or don't want to listen. Do you see how it is not just about you? It's not just about you. Especially when we're talking about the collective of the body of Christ. Those who prefer to be selfish and self-centered always make it about themselves. Did you hear that? Those who are selfish and self-centered, it's always about themselves. Always. No exceptions. In the body of Christ, we are all for unity within the body. Sidebar comment. So, there's going to be a speaker coming here next week from Stowe to speak in the message. And it's funny, it's like, okay, the perception is, of course, we're a black church, a mostly black church. How should we approach this message? How should we just, let's just come and be yourself. We're all the same. We don't do anything any differently than any other church does. We're in the Word. Amen? That's what it's all about. And sometimes we just have hang-ups about stuff we don't need to. Unity in the body means unity in the body. Amen? Amen. So for those of us who are actors, we need to drop any efforts to pretend to get along with people and be honest about who we are. Because we don't need that. In the Spirit, we can and will go along and get along with everyone we meet. Without the Spirit, it is all an act. Amen? Shakespeare has a line in his play, As You Like It. It is, all the world's a stage and all the men and women are merely players. Well, that might be the case from a worldly viewpoint... But believers are not to live as character actors. We're not to live that way. We're not to be that way. We are to live with authenticity. Authenticity. Be authentic. Be who you are. The world is full of fakeness. The world is full of untrustworthy people. Amen? We are to live authentically in the power of Jesus Christ. Authentically. Being authentic before others is really a simple thing to do. You know why? Because being authentic is rooted in truth. Truth. The truth of God's word. It all begins with Jesus. 
Is there anyone that can question how authentic Jesus was when he lived here on earth? Living in truth is a positive legacy builder. Living in truth is a positive legacy builder. Turn to 1 John chapter 5. Let's look at verse 20. 1 John 5. Verse 20. First John 5, verse 20. This is the English Standard Version. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true and we are in Him who is true in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. So we know Jesus We have understanding of who he is and everything that Jesus did in representation was in truth. So we know how we are to live based upon his example. Truth. And in this truth, our actions speak louder than words. Flip back to 1 John 3. Go to 1 John 3 now and let's look at verse 18. 1 John 3, verse 18. This is the New Living Translation. 1 John 3, verse 18. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Well, these verses really hit you right where right between the eyes, don't they? I mean, they tell it like it is. A lot of folks talk good game. But when it comes to doing something nice, you can't find them. Amen? Well, at least some people are nodding and they're going, that's about all I'm going to get out of y'all today. I understand that. I can dig it. I really can. But at the end of the day, truth has to prevail. Truth has to be what we have to live by. You can't just say you love somebody. Let people see the truth by your actions. Amen. In today's world, truth and real talk is often met with skepticism or outright rejection because it represents what? Jesus. Jesus. But people out there don't always want to hear about Jesus. There are people out there who know full well who Jesus is but would just choose to live a different way. And it may be skeptical to hear you speak about it. They may be rejected but understand something. It's too bad that some people reject Jesus and his loving presence But please understand that those who reject him are doing what? Following likely the leader of this world. 
They're in a different direction altogether. Go to 1 John 1. We're going to go back further in 1 John. 1 John chapter 1. Let's look at verse 6. 1 John 1 verse 6. You've got to understand something. If they reject Jesus, they don't, maybe they know it unwittingly or whatever it is, but they're following the leader of this world because they're rejecting him or they're skeptical about it. I'm not sure if I could come to church. You can invite people to church all you want to. But really what you want are people who want to come in through these doors who want to sit and learn about Jesus. We can grab folks off the street to come in here. They may not want to be here. But we want people who want to hear more about who Jesus is. 1 John 1, 6. English Standard Version. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness... We lie and do not practice the truth. Can it be any more clear cut? Some character actors are so good, they even convince themselves that they are in the truth when in actuality they are living in falsehood. But you know, if you keep doing something long enough, you can convince yourself, yeah, I'm doing the right thing, I'm doing the right thing. Nope. As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, our ongoing mission is to do what? Establish truth and maintain it. Establish truth and maintain it, especially within the church. Now, some churches have not done very well with this. Once you start compromising the truth, you're now basically ruining it for everybody else in the body. And honestly, if you're in a church like this, and there'll be people online that'll hear this, the moment you start seeing compromising of truth in your church, get out. Go somewhere else. Get out. The church is not the place for tickling the ears of those who only want to hear half-truths and teachings that are not in God's will. Some churches have fallen prey to this. It's bad enough that some folks hear what they want to hear. It's worse when you hear stuff that's just not true. The church does not need character actors for preachers. We need Bible-fearing ministers who love the truth and stand for the truth. That's what the church needs. And today, they need it more than ever. The moment that a preacher strives for a popularity contest with the people, game over. Jesus is calling on every believer to be the one of true character. He wants people to live in the character of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that Jesus provides those that he loves with the gift of his character in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the best legacy that one can live in the present 
and for future generations. Take a look at 2 Corinthians 5. Let's look at verses 17 through 20. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 20. We are to be thankful that we have the power of the Holy Spirit to help us. The moment we start looking at being popular, there's a problem. Because let's face it, the message of truth in this world today is not that popular for those who want to stay in the world. But the Spirit enables us to be able to maintain truth. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 20. And this is something that's true for all of us as believers, and I'm glad it is, because thinking about how I used to live, I'd be no good standing up here right now. Amen? Well, you don't have to be so agreeable about it. I did ask. You didn't have to be agreeable about it. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 20. Verse 17, this is the English Standard Version. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. We are new creations in Christ. Because we need it. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation. You know, in the body of Christ, we need to practice, in many ways, the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciling with others. Verse 19, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Amen? And entrusting us to the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. The ministry of reconciliation. The character of Christ involves what? Love. Mercy. Grace. Forgiveness. And reconciliation. That's what Jesus is all about. This is how we are to live in authenticity. This is how we are to be authentic believers. Love, mercy, grace, forgiveness, reconciliation. That's how we're to live. That's because that's what he did for us. The Spirit gives us what we need to do this. Go to Galatians 5. Galatians 5. Let's look at verses 22 through 25. Galatians 5, 22 through 25. Galatians 5, 22. Verse 22, New Living Translation. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Ready? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We have the ability to do these things, everyone. There's no law against these things. Verse 24, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to His cross... 
and crucified them there. Verse 25, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. We as believers need to be in the Spirit at all times to live authentically for Jesus. What happens with some of us is that we know what the Holy Spirit can do and what the Spirit does, and sometimes we just don't pay attention to the Spirit. But we have to be authentic at all times. And the Spirit is what gives us the ability to do that. Go to 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1. We don't need people who put on acts, who are fake. We need authenticity. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit. Let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. We have the Holy Spirit if we believe in Jesus Christ as Lord. But we can decide how to cleanse ourselves or not to do it. We have it but we need to use it. That's like going to take a shower and not using any soap. Amen? I mean, y'all might be really good if you can do that and get away with it. I don't think I could get away with that. God provides us with his authenticity to enable us to be authentic before others. We must humble ourselves. Humble ourselves before Him. For others to see how genuine we truly are. And how loving and caring He truly is. People need to see us be humble in order to understand who Jesus is. And that He does care. Because we're a reflection of Him. How are we a reflection of Him if we're being fake? We're not. Please turn to Colossians 3. Let's look at verse 12. Now, understand this. We already know that we live in an imperfect world. And we already know that we deal with people within our church. And I say this in general, not just our church, but all churches. We're going to deal with imperfect people. Amen? You know why I can say that? Because I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. None of us are perfect. We all are works in progress. Amen? That's okay. So that's where grace comes into play. Colossians 3, verses 12 through 15. It's not an excuse, by the way. That we're not perfect. We're always striving to live towards perfection in Christ. So it's not an excuse. It's reality. 
Colossians 3, verse 12. New Living Translation. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You know, I, I can keep saying that all. Mercy, kindness, tender-heartedness, humility, gentleness, patience. Clothe yourselves. Verse 13, make allowance for each other's faults. I know, that's right. Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Why are we so slow to forgive people if they do something to us? That's not godly, everybody. Did he not forgive you? Why are we hold grudges? I know, I just interrupted reading the passage, I'm sorry. But why are we holding grudges? Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Verse 14, above all, there's that word, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Are you thankful? Are you always thankful? Always means always. There's no exception to the word. Always be thankful. Notice how Paul is giving instruction here by clothing ourselves. We have to put on and take off clothing each day. But we're not doing so as if we're pretending to be someone other than ourselves. We're putting on the character of Jesus Christ wherever we go. That's how we are to live. Jesus is authentic. Amen? He's the real deal. Amen? He is truth. Amen? He's truth. And we are to emulate Christ everywhere we go. Let the people who are pursuing their own agenda go their own way. Because some of them are going to go their own way. They're going to do what they want to do, and they can do what they want to do. There are a lot of character actors out there. May we be the genuine people of God. We must be the genuine people of God. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's from Joshua 24, 15. And we're going to do so authentically. This is our legacy for the kingdom of God. Father, we just thank you for your teaching We thank you, Lord, that you indeed have been authentic. That you represent truth and nothing but truth. And Lord, there are times we have a, we are a long way from truth where we need to be. We pray, Lord, that you will bless us and keep us and forgive us of our sin. Forgive us of those moments when we are being less than authentic. Lord, we pray that we are not to be seen as anything but genuine because that's what we want to be doing we want to be with you and in you 
in a relationship with you where we grow more and more in authenticity. We thank you, Lord, for the instruction. We thank you for your word that tells us the importance of this. May we have love in our hearts as we live for you. We thank you, Lord, for the lessons here, for the teaching. May we go forth from this place, Lord, living in such a manner where we are truly living for you. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise and thanks. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.